This program is made possible by the giving of the God Called Partners of Renner Ministries. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and I've been waiting for you. And today and this week, we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare and spiritual armor, which I do one time a year in this program because we need to know what kind of spiritual weapons God has given to us. They are clearly described in Ephesians chapter 6. And this week on the set, I have real, authentic weaponry from the ancient world. Don't miss one of these programs this week. You're going to learn so much. But we're offering you the full series, which is called Dress to Kill. I offer this once a year because I really want people to get their hands on this series. The full subtitle says, You don't have to take it anymore because you're dressed to kill a biblical approach to spiritual warfare and armor. It's so thorough. You will just love this and you'll understand how to take the armor of God and how to operate with it. And this series comes with a study guide and we're offering you my book, which is by the same title, Dress to Kill. This is a Christian classic. It has been distributed by millions of copies all around the world. It's used in Bible schools, schools of theology. People have it in their homes. Pastors teach from it. If you do not have a copy of Dress to Kill, I'm urging you to go online or give us a call to order yours today. And this book is really great because it comes with pictures, and everybody likes pictures. And the pictures really show all these pieces of weaponry so that you will understand exactly what's being described in Ephesians chapter 6. But if you need prayer, would you please reach out to us? Just give us a call or send us an email. And when we hear from you, we're going to release our faith and Jesus is really going to respond. He's going to move in your life and he's going to spectacularly do whatever it is that you need to be done. But reach out to us by calling us now or by sending us an email and we will pray with you. But first, watch this and then I'll be back to teach in just a moment. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Hey, reach for your Bible and open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, and today we're going to begin in verse 10. But to help you understand what we're talking about today, I brought a collection of real, authentic, ancient weaponry. And let me just show you a few pieces. Behind me on the desk is a helmet, which is Greek. That helmet is about 2,600 years old. It's a very typical Greek helmet. Next to it is another helmet. Kind of looks like a little cap. But in fact, that is very typical of the helmets, which were worn by the soldiers of Alexander the Great. And it dates to that period. Next to that, there is a hoplite helmet. This is a classic hoplite helmet. It's also about 23, 2400 years old. Next to it is this helmet, which is a typical Roman helmet from Lower Italy. This was really worn by Roman soldiers. And then finally, we have a Scythian helmet. Scythians were the barbarians from the east. But these are real, authentic helmets. Then, here we have a set of greaves. Greaves were worn on the lower legs by Greek soldiers and Roman soldiers because it protected them, of course. They also carried swords like this and I have a real authentic sword I'm going to be showing you. Many times the enemy carried a battle axe and the battle axe was used to decapitate the enemy. So I brought an example of a real battle axe from the ancient world and the enemy often shot flaming arrows. So I brought the arrowhead, which is a remnant of a flaming arrow from the ancient world. And I brought a replica of a breastplate 
of a shield, of a spear. Here we have a replica of shoes and of the loin belt. But all of these weapons were essential for soldiers in the ancient world. And basically, there were seven essential pieces of weaponry. Now, there could be more, but every Roman soldier and Greek soldier, at least, had these seven pieces of weaponry. And I brought all of these things because this week, I want you to really understand what Paul is picturing in Ephesians chapter 6. So go to your Bibles, and we're going to begin in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, where Paul writes, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, not some of the armor. He says the whole armor. The word whole armor in Greek is panoplion. It means all these seven pieces of weaponry. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Then he describes the devil that we're standing against in verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. But let's go back to the very first, our verse 10, where he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The word finally in Greek is very profound. It means now to the last and most important matter at hand. Now, that is very profound because in the entire book of Ephesians, Paul covers a lot of really important things. For example, in Ephesians chapter 1, he covers the subject of election and predestination. These are very important subjects. He covers the subject of us believing and being sealed by the Holy Spirit. That's very, very important. When you come to Ephesians chapter 2, he talks about the grace of God and how God has made us to be his workmanship in Christ Jesus. Of course, that is profoundly important. When you come to Ephesians chapter 3, he talks about the eternal plan of God being revealed in the church. When you come to Ephesians chapter 4, he talks about fivefold ministry and God's ultimate plan for the church. When you come to Ephesians chapter 5, he talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. He talks about relationships between different members of your family. And then when you get to Ephesians chapter 6, he now comes to verse 10 where he says, finally, it is the equivalent of saying, this is so important. I've saved this till the last. If you don't remember anything else, I want you to remember this. Finally, my brethren, to the last and most important matter at hand. And here's what we find. Sometimes your head can be filled with information and that's good. I think that you know I believe in information and revelation. You, I pray that you get a lot of it as you watch this program. But in addition to having a lot of information in our head, we need to have weaponry. We don't want to be brain lopsided. We want to have all the weaponry that we need to go along with what's in our head. And so now Paul says to the Ephesians and to us, this is so important. I've saved it to the very, very end of the epistle. If you don't remember anything else, please remember this. Now he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. This is so important as he begins his subject on spiritual weaponry, because if you take all these weapons and put them on the average Roman soldier, they could weigh nearly 80 pounds. Well, for a man to fight in 80 pounds of weaponry, he had to be physically fit. He had to be strong. Now, before Paul begins to describe all the weapons, he begins with the subject of power because he knows we have to have power to function in this weaponry. So he says, finally, my brethren, be strong 
in the Lord. And the words be strong are a translation of the little Greek word in dunamao. The word in means in. The word dunamis is where we get the word for power. The word dunamis is also the word for a force of nature like a hurricane or a tornado or an earthquake. Interestingly, this word dunamis was also the word which was used to describe the full might of the advancing Roman army. The word dunamis is really, really powerful. Most people simply say it means dynamic power. That's true, but it's much more than that. When you have this dunamis power, it turns you into a supernatural force of nature. You're like a spiritual earthquake. You can shake things up. You've got the power of a hurricane or a tornado operating in you. When you move through the area, everything changes. You're like a one-man army. When you have dunamis power, you have everything you need to advance forward with the kingdom of God and push the kingdom of darkness back. But in this particular verse, the word strong in dunamau describes this power that is placed in something. The word in means in, in dunamau, which means this particular kind of power was not designed to be a free-floating power that just drifts in the universe that every once in a while you reach out to apprehend, but dunamis in dunamau, it was designed to be put into something. Just like you pour water into a vessel, this power was designed to be placed into some kind of container, and guess what? It's you and me. We are the containers. God designed us to be receptacles to receive his dunamis power. And what is totally amazing is this word strong, the Greek word in dunamo, was used by ancient Greek writers to describe individuals, for example, like Hercules, who received a touch of the gods. And when he received this touch of the gods, he was so infused with power that it transformed him nearly into a superhuman being. Now the Apostle Paul, who is brilliant, who understands how all of these words have classically been used, pulls it into the text and says, when we receive a touch of God's power, when we receive it into our life, it transforms us. We're no longer just human beings, but we become like superhuman beings, a supernatural force of nature, a one-man army to drive darkness back. All of that comes into us. And Paul knows that for us to function in spiritual weaponry, we have to receive power because this weaponry is heavy and it takes a strong man to operate in this kind of weaponry. So you need to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's very interesting that the very same word is used in Luke chapter 24, verse 49. So turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 24, verse 49, where Jesus says, listen, he says, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued. That word endued is the same word translated strong in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. And Jesus said, you tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued, empowered, until you receive inside you this power from on high. And he was describing the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And my friends, I want to tell you, for you to function in the power of God, in the weaponry that God provides, you need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if you have never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, reach out to us, call us right now. We will pray with you and you will be gloriously baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's where you have to begin. But hey, there's something very important in Ephesians chapter six. So let's continue in verse 10. 
He says, finally, my brethren, to the last and most important point, if you don't remember anything else, please hold on to this. Be empowered, receive a strengthening. Then he says, in the Lord. It is not difficult to receive this touch of power. If you read Ephesians chapter 1, we are told over and over that you and I are in Christ. We are in him, in him, in him, in him. We are locked in the person of Jesus. Hallelujah. We are perpetually in the person of Jesus. And now, according to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, the power that you need is also inside Jesus. So you are in Christ. The power is in Christ, which means you don't have to plead. You don't have to beg. You don't have to berate yourself somehow trying to earn the ability to receive this power. The power is in Christ. You are in Christ. All you have to do is say, I take it by faith and you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. God has made it so easy for us. He's put you in Christ. He's put the power in Christ. All you have to do is reach out and take it. But he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, isn't that interesting? He talks about the power of his might. So apparently power and might are not the same thing. Well, the word power is the Greek word kratos. And the word kratos describes what I would call eruptive or demonstrated power. When kratos power is in manifestation, you don't just believe in it or read about it. You can see it. You can feel it. You can experience it. For example, when Jesus was raised from the dead. Those soldiers that were guarding the tomb, they didn't just intellectually say, you know, I believe the power has been here. They felt the power. It was eruptive. It was Kratos power. That's what this word power describes. Power that is in demonstration or power that is in manifestation. We would call it signs and wonders power. Now, why can believers operate in this kind of Kratos demonstrated eruptive power? And Paul goes on to say in the power of his might. Whose might? His might. The word might is the Greek word iskuos, a very specific word which was used to describe a man that was mighty or a man that was like a muscle builder. He was muscle bound. When you look at him, wow, his muscles are just tremendous. Now Paul uses this word to describe God himself, which means if we could see God, we could say he is Mr. Universe. There's no one greater than God. If you could see the mighty right arm of God, what kind of muscles do you think you would see? God simply flexed his muscles, and with the flexing of his muscles, he parted the Red Sea and destroyed the Egyptian empire. God flexed his muscles, and when he did, he raised Christ from the dead. It doesn't take a lot of God's power to do mighty things because God has such muscular ability. And now Paul says that when we are in filled with the power of God somehow in a way that we don't totally understand and who cares is just a fact that it connects us to the muscular ability of God so that when we just as simple human beings pray in the name of Jesus, God moves his might. He moves his muscle and demonstrated eruptive power flows through us. All of that comes to us when we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then Paul continues, and he says this in verse 11. Please pay close, close attention. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of 
the devil. Now, here's what's so interesting in this text. The words put on and the word be strong in verse 10 in Greek is exactly the very same word. Isn't that interesting? Which means when you receive a touch of God's power, not only are you internally filled with it, but when that power hits you, it begins to put something on you. Sometimes people say, well, when I get up in the morning, I go through all these gyrations of picking up the armor and putting on my shoes of peace and making sure I have on my helmet of salvation. I go through each of these things just to remind myself. Well, it's good to remind yourself, but my friends, that does not put the armor of God on you. According to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 11, when you receive the power of God, the power of God begins to dress you in spiritual weaponry. The power of God puts a helmet on your head. The power of God puts a breastplate on you. It is the power of God that puts a shield in your hand. It's the power of God that gives you a loin belt. The power of God which gives you the shoes that you need. The power of God gives you the lance. The power of God gives you the sword. And as long as you're walking in the power of God, then you are fully outfitted with all of this weaponry. But the day you step away from the power, you will begin to drop your weaponry. And that probably is the reason why Paul saved this subject to the end of the book of Ephesians. When you read the book of Ephesians, you find the great mature Ephesian church, which had a head full of information, they were really failing in many basic aspects of their life. They were struggling with each other. They were bitterness. They had bitterness toward each other. They had malice. They were grieving the Holy Spirit. They had a head full of facts, but on a practical level, they had stepped away from the power of God. And that was a church that really started in the power of God. You can read about that in Acts chapter 19. A great revival took place. Signs and wonders and eruptive demonstrated power of God. And now in the book of Ephesians, we find this church that had so gloriously walked in the power of God is now reduced to bitterness and malice and backbiting. They had stepped away from the power of God. What about you? Was there a time earlier in your life when you really walked in the power of God and you experienced the power of God? When you begin to step away from that, you begin to drop your weaponry. And now this church is standing before the enemy naked. They have a head full of information, but they're not wearing their weaponry. And now Paul says in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God, put on again in Greek, in Dunamel, receive this infusion of divine power. And when you're touched by power, it will begin to dress you in the whole armor of God. And notice again, he doesn't say some of the armor. He uses the word panoplion. The word pan means all. The word hoplos describes armor. You put it all together. God wants you to have all of the weaponry that he has provided for you, all of it. He doesn't want you just to have a helmet of salvation. He doesn't want you just to have a breastplate of righteousness or maybe to have shoes of peace. He wants you to be fully dressed in the whole armor of God. And that's why you need to know what armor has been provided for you. And this verse says that when you're dressed in the whole armor of God, you are able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Stand against. The word stand is the word stani in Greek. It pictures a Roman soldier with his head held high, his shoulders thrown back. He's bold. He is courageous. He has no fear of the enemy because he knows he is fully equipped to deal with the enemy. 
And in fact, the verse says that you may stand against, which means you're no longer running from the enemy, but now you are in pursuit of him. The word against pictures you pressing against the forces of darkness that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Well, what in the world are the wiles of the devil? Well, it's very important that you understand this. And this is what we're going to be talking about in tomorrow's program. So please do not miss tomorrow's program. But what I want you to understand today is God has provided weaponry for you. But for you to operate in that weaponry, you have to have power. And that's why this entire text on spiritual warfare and spiritual weaponry begins with the subject of power. A weak person cannot operate in this weaponry. And God wants you to receive his power. And in fact, when you read this in Ephesians 6, verse 10 and 11, it is a command. It is not an option. We are commanded to be infused with the power of God. And now we know from Ephesians 6, Verse 11, that when we receive that infusion of the power of God, it is the power of God itself which begins to dress us with all the spiritual weapons we need to put the devil on the run. And if you need somebody to pray with you for a fresh touch of this power in your life, you reach out to us right now. But I'll be back in just a moment, and I want to pray for you. The devil is real, and as long as you seek to live in God's will, obey his word, and drive back the forces of darkness, the devil will do his best to oppose and thwart the plan that God wants to accomplish through you. But God has given you everything you need to victoriously stand against the devil and to thwart his attacks. That's right. God has provided you with a complete set of spiritual armor that will put the devil on the run every time. With that weaponry at your disposal, you are dressed to kill. In the in-depth 10-part series, Dressed to Kill, Rick Renner covers the power needed to sustain you through any battle, the seven weapons God has provided for you to use against the enemy, the way to stand victoriously against the wiles of the devil, the God-given strategy to keep the devil under your feet, and so much more. This powerful, life-changing 10-part series is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $20. You can also order Rick's companion book on spiritual armor and spiritual warfare called Dress to Kill. This fully illustrated 500-page book will answer your questions about the often misunderstood subject of spiritual warfare. It will teach you how to put on the full armor of God and the important role each piece of armor plays in defeating the enemy. This powerful classic on spiritual warfare and spiritual armor can be yours for just $22. Don't miss this special offer, the series Dressed to Kill and Rick's companion book, Dressed to Kill. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Think you know the Christmas story? A babe in a manger, three wise men, and a few lowly shepherds. But did you know that's just part of the story? In Rick Renner's timeless new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick uncovers the stunning details of the nativity story you've never heard. Like how many wise men there could have been, how far they would have traveled, and why Herod was troubled at the news of the birth of a new king. When I was growing up, I heard the same Christmas story year after year, and I loved it. When I got older, I found treasures in the Christmas story that no one had shared with me. That's what is in this book, and I wrote it to share with you and for you to share with those whom you love. When you call or go online right now to pre-order this book for just $35, you'll receive the timeless story of Christmas, now beautifully told in this landmark Christmas keepsake. Through its detailed watercolor illustration, 
Christmas, the rest of the story invites families to explore the true meaning of Christmas as they interact with the story across the stunning hand-drawn pages. Bound in a hardcover, large-format book, you'll create a family tradition that will last for generations. Great as a gift or for enhancing your own traditions, pre-order the book today, Christmas, the rest of the story, for just $35. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Don't miss this special Christmas offer. This is Rick Renner, and today I am standing in the foyer of Rick Renner Ministries in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I just wish I could pick you up and bring you here to see all the wonderful ministry that is happening in this facility where we receive thousands and thousands of phone calls from people just like you who reach out to us for prayer and for teaching they can trust. Proverbs 10, 21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many. And we know that's our job. Our job is to feed many. And I want to say thank you to you for everything you've helped us do with your giving. You helped us construct our studio, purchase this building. And now in phase three of our ministry expansion program, we're wanting to pay this facility off so we can liberate all that money to take the teaching of the Bible around the world on additional channels and venues. And by being a part of our giving team, you can really help us make this happen. If you're not already a part of our giving team, please pray about joining us. And together we can join hands and through teaching of the Bible and by ministering to people that reach out to us and by sending teaching products around the world, we can really change people's lives. And it's amazing to me that today it's never been easier to make an impact in somebody else's life right from where you are. So thank you for praying about being a part of our giving team. And the moment you join, I want you to really expect the power of God to show up in your life. Well, today we have covered a lot of information from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 11 about the power of God. And if you want somebody to pray with you, to be filled with the Holy Spirit or to be refilled with the Holy Spirit, please reach out to us. Just call us right now. We're waiting for the phone to ring. We will pray and God will move and you will gloriously be re-infused with the power of God. And that power will begin outfitting you with all the weaponry you need to put the devil on the run and to push him and his dark kingdom out of your life, out of your business, out of your family. You can do all of it, but you have to have the power of God and the weaponry of God to do it. And that's why I want you to have my entire series, 10 parts, which is called Dress to Kill. The full title says you don't have to take it anymore because you're dressed to kill. A biblical approach to spiritual warfare and armor, and it comes with a study guide. And we're offering you my book by the same title, which really is a Christian classic. It is read by believers all over the world, and I'm so thankful for how God has used this book. And if you do not have a copy of Dress to Kill, you need to go online or give us a call right now because this is a book you need to read from the first page to the last page. You need to know how to receive the power of God and how to operate in the weaponry that God has provided for you. But hey, put your hand on your heart, and I want to pray for you. Father, thank you that you have provided us all the power that we need. 
and that when we're infused with your power, you turn us into a supernatural force of nature. We pray for your power to operate through us and drive back the forces of the enemy. In Jesus' mighty name, we take that power by faith. Amen. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. This has really been good. We're just getting started. But remember, Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. Thank you for watching this broadcast. For more information on product resources or to learn how you can partner with this ministry, please connect with us at renner.org. Also, please be sure to visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This program was made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries.